First Peter 2, 1 through 3. Therefore, rid yourselves of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. Like newborn babies, crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. Father, I pray that today we will taste and see that you are good. And for those that have tasted already, I pray that they will feast today upon all the truth that we're going to be speaking about. God, we come because we want to hear from you. We come because we enjoy your people. And God, I pray that you will fill us with, uh, empty us of ourselves so we can be filled with humility and your spirit to be able to grow up. Um, we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Okay, so this morning we are jumping back into our sermon series on First Peter, which we are calling A Living Hope. And uh, today we're, uh, we're going through these three verses, and the title of it is called Living Growth. Uh, the reason for this is that, just to remind you guys of, of the, the series, a living hope is because we have these people who are spread out all over Asia Minor, uh, who Peter is writing to because they're celebrating one truth, which is Jesus Christ is alive, that he lived, he died, and that he lives again, and that is our hope. Um, last week we had a baptism. If you remember, Amy and Amy got baptized. It was wet and beautiful. And uh, what baptism is, concisely, is uh, it's an, in, an outward sign of an, an inward understanding of grace or an inward transformation that goes on. And so what it really is, is it's an, an ex. It's an explanation to others of what's actually going on inside, which is so helpful for us, especially as we go into today. There's so much in the Bible that we read, and, and I think we live with such a desire just for, um, for what we've known already to be approved that sometimes it's hard for us to, to gather new understanding. Does that make sense? And so, we need explanations to grow up and mature. And maybe last week you were here and you haven't, you haven't been a part of, of uh, what goes on in the church setting for very long. And so you saw the baptism and you're like, this is just kind of strange. They're like dunking themselves in water and some ritual. What it really is, is it's people who want to say, when Jesus died... He took my sins with him. And when he rose again, I can now live with him freely because my sins have died with him. In Colossians it says they've actually been nailed to the cross where he died. And so now I can live free. I can live, um, I can live a life that, that doesn't, uh, is no longer hindered by by the things that I've done that have separated me from Jesus Christ. And so we have a community now that's built around that fact, the fact that Jesus died and that he rose again, and that is our living community. 
And so what, what Peter's talking about here is now how we grow, how we actually grow up in our faith. And he compares those who have been saved to a baby, a newborn baby, which, though they're very cute, is not a compliment necessarily. Because um, if you're familiar with newborn babies, they're, they're very dependent upon other people. And so we're going we're gonna to discover why Peter would do that, why Peter would, would call us. Have you ever noticed that babies can't do a lot? Um, like you'll have these times when you're watching a newborn child and it's like they discover they have a hand and they're so fascinated. It's like a dog chasing its tail. It's like they're like, you know, or you'll, <laughs> it's amazing. And, and so Peter's comparing us, us to a child who had so much to discover. And some of that discovery is, this is me and I'm here, you know? And so why, why Peter would do that? The first, we have six points here that we're going to run through, and it's really following the the text. And so if you're in 1 Peter, um, we're really just going to follow right along with the verses that we're reading. If you're not there, turn there. The fact that we are newborn babies spiritually doesn't make a lot of common sense to us. And, and that is okay. In John 3, we have the famous verse of, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Um, that is given in this setting where Jesus is meeting with a, a religious teacher, um, a guy who taught others about God. And then he, he comes to Jesus in the night because he's, he's trying to figure out what Jesus is trying to say. And, and Jesus tells him he has to be born again. And this doesn't make a whole lot of sense to him. <laughs> Even though we, we, with some ease, we like transition into this metaphorical interpretation of it, where he's really trying to work through it, and he goes like, I don't get it, Jesus, how I'm supposed to be born again. <laughs> right? I, don't, I don't get how I can go back in the womb. And, and so there's not a lot of common sense to that, right? I mean, imagine if without, without this context that you've built up, where you immediately read into it, well, it's just a new start. Imagine trying to work through this practically, and I think that will help us get to where, where we need to be, is if you begin by saying, that would be really hard to be born again. Right? Because I feel grown up, but the way I've grown up might have developed a lot of patterns and things that I think are mature that are really immature. And so what does it mean to actually, actually start fresh again from the beginning where you are looking at your hand going, you know, I was, I can't remember where I was this last week, but one of the, one of the little girls here, I think it was Raven, was like looking at herself in a mirror and she was just really taken with herself. And... And it's, it's funny, but, um, <laughs> but so we find immediately with this language of new birth, we find that Jesus is introducing to us a new language of possibilities that wouldn't naturally be in our language of possibilities. Do you get that? And so, so if we're 
talking about uh, transformation that we're capable of by ourselves. We're talking about building with the building blocks that we already have. But Jesus has the ability, as we saw in baptism, to bury things for good and to raise up things new and fresh from the beginning as a new life. Okay, He actually has the power and ability to start things over again. And so that's what he means when he calls you newborn. Um, the language used there actually means uh, recently born. So it's fresh. It's right there from, from the beginning. Um, so as we process this, I want you guys to, to work your hardest at thinking what the first year of your life was like. Does anyone remember anything from the first year? I'd be really interested to talk to you. <laughs> One of the reasons why you can't remember anything from the first year of your natural life is because you're developing. That is, it's this intense time where you're developing things like the ability to, uh, to crawl, or I mean, if you're really quick, maybe walk. Um, ability to communicate in some form, even if that's just cooing or, or responding to what somebody is saying to you in, in some form. Um, the, the ability to interact socially in some way, it's all developing here. The ability to receive and give affection is developing in that first year, but it's interesting because we, we remember so little of it. So it's a very serious time, and it's an intensive time, and so it's important that what is being given at that time is healthy. Because if not, it will severely affect the rest of your life. If you go on the, the uh, Mayo Clinic site, which is an authority in, uh, in health and wellness, this is what it says about that first uh, three months. It says it feels like an endless cycle of feeding, diapering, and soothing, which this is nothing that Ashley and Erica can't tell you. It says your newborn's head will be wobbly at first, but within the first few months, the babies can face straight ahead while laying on their backs and lifting their heads while lying on their tummies. Within a few weeks, your baby may respond to loud noises by blinking, startling, frowning, or waking from a light sleep. Right? It's those, those little things that when you see them, you're like, good job. Right? And it's, it's silly, but that's, that's what we do. Because it's big steps for a newborn to do even something like that. Uh, even everyday household sounds, footsteps on the floor, water running may elicit subtle responses such as increased limb motion, or slowly sucking rhythm. It says, expect your baby to respond to the sound of your voice. Newborns are sensitive to the way you hold, rock, and feed them. By the age two months, your baby may smile on purpose, blow bubbles, and coo when you talk or gently play together. Your baby may even mimic your facial expressions. Soon your baby may reach for you when he or she needs attention, security, or comfort. So you all who have come to Christ and started your new life in him are like newborn babies who are in this stage of intensive growth and everything, every single part of it is important. If there are pieces missing in your growth, 
they will impact the way the rest of your life will, um, will continue to grow and mature. So, time for development. What does that look like, and how do we develop as mature Christians? How do we grow up um, into, into uh, developing patterns, but also receiving the nourishment we need for that? The first is there's things that you need to get rid of because they will impact you in a negative way and your maturity will be hindered. As a baby, uh, you don't just naturally grow strong, right? There's actually, it seems like there's a lot more things. It's such a vulnerable time in your life. There's a lot more things that can hinder you than help you, right? To stay close to your mom and dad and because they're, they're safe and they can care for you. Right? Food is readily available. The place you want to be. But to be away from that uh, means danger, right? Danger, even death, right? And, and that's a very serious thing as a child, you know? Oftentimes when we talk about death um, and things, maybe it's how sin affects your life, it's easy to be like, you know, that's just, you're just a naysayer. But if you think about it in terms of this, that you're a, you're a newborn child developing in such a crucial period of your life and the smallest things can affect you dramatically, it says to, to keep your eye out for maybe signs of, of things that aren't healthy. One of those signs that it said in the Mayo Clinic site was this. It was that uh, there's an inability to focus on the caregiver's eyes and to be really aware of that. Which is interesting if you think about our spiritual life. There's a, if early on there's an inability to look at your Savior and communicate with Him, <laughs> it can be a sign of unhealth. So why is this important? And why should we take it important? Um, it's hard to take these things as being important when we live in a world that, where we have Surgeon General's warnings that aren't heeded. Okay, if you know what a Surgeon General's warning is, it's the Surgeon General is, is the person appointed by the government to, um, to monitor what either is healthy for people or unhealthy for people. And if you look on the back of a cigarette box, this is what it would say. It's possibly the front, I don't know. Side. There you go. Smoking causes lung cancer, heart disease, emphysema, and may complicate pregnancy. So, we live in a world that doesn't care right, about that. And, and I know some of you guys are like, oh my goodness, I can't believe he's talking about this. I can do what I want, right? <laughs> God will take me when he wants to take me, right? So we, we live in a world that, that we do things that says this. This, may ca- this does cause lung cancer, right? heart conditions, emphysema. Right? This, is, this is amazing. So... Why, why is it important that, that we are concerned about these things? And, and I'm just going to transition. We're not going to talk about your, your bodily health. We're going to talk about immediately just about your spiritual health. Um, 
Because we start chapter 2 and it says what? It says, get rid of evil behavior. Be done with all deceit, hypocrisy, and jealousy, and all, all unkind speech. Be done with it. Right? It's like Surgeon General's warning for your spiritual life. Just get rid of it. There, there isn't really room for debate, oftentimes. We, we like to, to create um, uh, this, this tension. We might be able to sneak through with it's okay if we actually do it. But it just says, just get rid of it. If these things are a part of your life, if these things are a part of your baby's life in the womb, like if, you, if you consume a lot of alcohol and the baby's in the womb, just don't do that, right? Why? Because that will... That will that will have impact, right? In the same way, in your spiritual life, you need to get rid of these things. The word here in Greek, uh, the picture behind it is discarding one coat to put on another coat. Um, in, in Romans 13, 44, it says, Therefore, clothe yourself in the Lord Jesus Christ, so you won't think about how to gratify the desires of your sinful nature. In Ephesians 4, 21 through 24, it says, Since you heard about Jesus Christ and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. All right, so be done with that. Receive the new life in Christ. Um, and we live in such an age of skepticism that it's important that we understand this in terms of this is unhealthy and this is healthy because oftentimes if we hear anything that, that deals with it, don't do that, be rid of it, get, just don't, stop, right? That's unhealthy. We're like, why? <laughs> so think about it in terms of this. That one way is pursuing health and life, and one way is pursuing sickness and death. Simply, very, very simply, that's what it is. And in turn, crave pure spiritual milk. So what this means, uh, the purity here literally means unadulterated. So crave pure unadulterated milk. That means go to the source, right? As a baby, in the first three months, you're not experimenting with other things, right? Like, no matter how much the dad's like, well, I think a steak would be, I mean, he's looking a little pallid. <laughs> it's not good. Right. Crave unadulterated pure spiritual milk. For us, go to the scripture, live in the scripture. Don't just live in substitutes. Oftentimes, you'll have people that, that have become Christians and for years and years and years, they remain infants because in the, the growing stages, they didn't remain in the scriptures, they may, remained in devotion and self-help books. Okay? Which will always be adulterated and no matter how good they are, there's a lot of books that I'd recommend that I think are just fantastic. But, that's not the same as the pure, unadulterated word of the scripture. Right, stay there. That will be your life and that will be your strength. There's no substitute for it. 
The word spiritual there literally means rational, which is cool and interesting because, you know, if people love trying to pit uh, spirituality against rationality. And I'll quote Martin Luther, who's, who said, rationality is the enemy of faith. <laughs> Not true, right? At least in the way we would interpret what he said. But, so spirituality there means rationality, which means this, that milk is easy to digest, but it is rich with nutrients. And this is good. Milk is easy to digest, but rich with nutrients. So don't fill yourself merely with what you want to hear, right? Just because a baby will be quieted by drinking something doesn't mean that you should always give them that, right? So don't always just give them what they want, but you give them what they need, right? Um, In the same way, in our spiritual lives, we should feed upon um, what the spiritual food is that the Bible is offering, Um, the Mayo Clinic said this, and this is interesting, really grab a hold of this. It says, simple conversation lays the groundwork for language development. Even before your baby can understand a word, ask questions and respond to your baby's coos and gurgles. Describe what you see, hear, and smell around the house, outdoors, and when you're out and about, use simple words that apply to your baby's everyday life. Remember that your tone of voice communicates ideas and emotions well, right? And so this is beautiful. And, and this is, honestly, if you guys bring anything away from this morning, I want you to get this. Is that too often times we try to simplify what the Bible is saying into short sentences that we can say over and over and over again and expect the same result. Um, And because of this poverty of communication that we often have in articulating to each other, whether in songs or when we're just together talking about God, I think it has a serious impact on our worship and the way that we grow in health as a community who serves and loves Jesus Christ. It's because we we try to dumb it down. And so we'll say things over and over again like, um, that are true and good, and, and I'm not saying don't say these things, but oftentimes they don't tell you the full story. Like something, if someone says God is good, and you're like, all the time, that's true, all the time. But, but is that, if we just say that over and over and over again, is that always explaining what's going on? Do you get what I mean? Are we taking time to articulate what the goodness of God is towards us? in specific circumstances, learning to understand the world as God's articulation and the beauty and all that he made, right? And so oftentimes, we're not letting people develop from infants into maturity because we're constantly dumbing down our language about God, right? Or we're not, and it doesn't have to be that you talk about, you know, propitiation and things like that, but, but you, you can explain it in ways that people are beginning to grab a hold of it. Right? And so they're desiring to, to grow because God is, is telling them about the world and about you and about himself. And you're beginning to eat up those things. Um, I want you guys to be excited about the word of God because it's full. Right? Be excited about getting in it because 
Paul, after becoming a man who wrote over half the New Testament, still said in Philippians, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the sharing in his suffering. And so this man who none of you could stand up against if you're talking theology was still at the point in his life of going, I want to know him. And I'm trying to articulate in words to you as I'm writing these letters that somehow you'll grab a hold of who Jesus Christ is. I want you guys to know him. But I think so oftentimes we don't share this together when we're, it's so much easier to to talk about, about, baseball games or, or other things because, because we know the language of that. Does that make sense? We know how to interact and that excites us. And so we're like, you know, good example of this um, humbled me a lot. You know, Barbara came and helped me try to fix my motorcycle. And she was like explaining the whole things to me. And I, and I was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> right? Um, <laughs> because she's passionate about it, right? And she was explaining, like, jets and carburetors. And, you know, and I was like, that's great. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. Um, but we, you know, as we are people who claim to be children of God, right? People, newborns who are growing in him. Are you learning to respond to him in the language that he's speaking? Are you constantly just dwelling on what you can eat? Right? Are you, are you letting the word be nutrition for your spiritual life? Right? Are you, are you relying upon sentences that you've said over and over again? Are you trying to hear it again or new? And so you're developing. Babies are picking up on everything. And, and I want that for us. We won't grow. We won't grow healthy as a church unless we're picking up on what God is saying. And because we'll get old and we'll get stale. You know, even our church that is young and has a lot of excitement will get stale real quick unless we are listening. You know, and that's honestly, and I was talking with Ben about this, uh, probably the coolest thing that happens on Sunday mornings is the sharing time. And, <laughs> and the reason is because you guys are sharing what God is filling you with throughout the week, the nutrition that he's giving you throughout the week. And that articulation to each other is what I hope you'll be doing every day when you communicate with each other, right? Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where is your treasure? Because that is something that you will look forward to and you will prize and you will present whenever you can, right? It's like, it's like a, a girl who was just proposed to, right? She's, she's presenting, right, her bling whenever she can, <laughs> right? Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Do you, do you treasure that? Do you crave pure spiritual milk? Are you craving still to grow? Or have you stopped growing? Right? Do this so you can grow into the full experience of salvation. So the goal is growth. Um, there's this new fad in babies crawling, um, recent development, I don't know if you guys have noticed it, where they don't crawl anymore. You know, the good old-fashioned, like, crawl. They, like, do this thing where they have one leg, and then the, the other, they, like, swing around. Have you guys seen that? Yes. It's weird. I don't know how they pass that along to each other, but they do it now. And they're like, <laughs> it's amazing. And they're like, one leg, it's so only one leg's getting the workout, and the other leg's just like, 
moving them forward. See, so imagine this. Imagine we come on a Sunday morning, and we can only have half the chairs because some of you are still just like mobbing around on the floor, right? <laughs> half you guys are walking, half you guys aren't. You're like, it's okay. Garrett just didn't develop the ability to walk. <laughs> right? And then be like, poor Garrett. He just didn't. <laughs> right? The goal is growth. The goal of a baby's life is growth. If there's not growth, it's alarming. Right? I, I had to have speech therapy when I was growing up. It alarmed my parents that I could not pronounce my words. And it's good. It's good. I wouldn't be up here speaking to you unless I had speech therapy. Yeah. Go speech therapy. Um, so the goal is growth. Growth into a full experience of salvation. And this is cool. Because oftentimes, because we cheapen the language of the scriptures into being just bite-sized pieces, that we don't seek a full experience of salvation. And we let it stay in theory. We let it stay in just something that we can just say and then get away with not actually experiencing. Ephesians 3, 17 through 19, Paul prays this for the church. He says, May you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how wide, and how deep is his love. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. My prayer for you guys, that you will crave to experience how high, how long, how deep is the love of God. Don't let your faith be something that you're okay without experiencing it. If you're not experiencing it, it's not something that we just, you know, it's so much easier sometimes if you can just to go to sleep and hope it will be better the next day. But, but if we're people that, that crave pure, pure spiritual milk so that we can have this full experience of salvation, that craving should be something that, that we respond to um, so how do, you, how do we expect, how do we seek out this full experience of salvation? We do this by, the next point is, crying out for nourishment. Danny mentioned earlier, you know, if you seek me, you will find me. If you seek me with all your heart. One of the songs we sang earlier said, My heart and flesh cry out for you, the living God. Your spirit's water to my soul. And then what we're going to see later, it says, I've tasted and I've seen, come once again to me, and I'll draw near to you. But cry out for nourishment. The psalmist says, where can I go to meet with God? That's his interest. And that should be our interest too. Um, real nourishment in the Bible is, is articulated like this. Simply in the, the Beatitudes, it says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. And you know what the result of that is? They will be filled. And blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. And babies are a great teacher for us in this. 
crying out for nourishment. Right? They're not going to stop. They won't be pacified by your pacifier. Right? If they want nourishment, they'll spit that thing out. Right? That's a good way to tell if they want nourishment or if they're just crying. Right? Because if you give them the pacifier, and everyone has cute names for them these days, but I just go with the good old-fashioned pacifier. Right? And you give them the pacifier. <laughs> if they want food, they're not going to have the pacifier. Right? And in so many ways, we pacify ourselves. We get our, you know, <laughs> we have these, these desires that are good and they're from God to know and experience Him. And because we are just so scared of what that might take, right? Acknowledging our vulnerability, right? Acknowledging our place of absolute dependence upon God for these experiences, right? I love it. Little Sydney's there just bobbing her head. She's in agreement with this. <laughs> Real nourishment is preparing you for growth. If a baby, um, if a baby isn't eating, right, this happens especially later on when they develop you know, taste for certain things. How do, you, how do you encourage them to do it, right? Well, you talk with them. You be reasonable. And you tell them this. If you don't eat this, you're not going to grow big and strong. Right, like daddy. Right. <laughs> and in the same way, cry out for spiritual nourishment. Why? Because if you don't eat, you won't grow big and strong. And so we have this, and I, I talk about this all the time, uh, the strange fatalism that we've developed in Christianity where we just expect growth. Well, I've been a Christian for 13 years, and so I should be really mature. Right? Just like we expect with, <laughs> you know, Barbara just goes, you know, older and wiser. You know, we expect that because we're getting older year by year that we're also getting wiser. This is not saying anything about Barbara, but sometimes it, it doesn't happen. I think, Barbara, you're very wise. Okay. <laughs> I was bringing up relevant examples, okay? So, so, we have this fatalism in Christianity that's like, well, I should be here. Well, you know why you might not be there? You, might, you, you want to know why? Maybe you could be someone who's functioning as an elder in the church, right? Teaching other people, right? And welcoming them in and sharing your faith and being encouraged. And why you're not there, you know why? One of the reasons why, because you're not crying out for nourishment. For such a long time, you've just been pacified by other things, right? You know... <laughs> Instead of really going through the work and being like, I'm actually going to learn how to study my Bible, you might just still be reading the daily bread every day and just reading that one verse. And that, that won't make you uh, one who's able to teach in your church. Right? I'm not saying the daily bread's bad. For all you who are judging me right now. I'm not saying it's bad. <laughs> but I'm saying that isn't what will make you become a spiritual uh, mentor to other people. Okay? There's a difference. So what will, what will you do to cry out, to spend nights in prayer rather than watching TV? Right? And so babies are a good lesson for us. I think we should take to heart that just as much as we realize for them that there are things that they need to grow, there are things in our, in our lives as Christians that we need to grow. 
That's the simple lesson to take from this. There are things that, that you just don't mess with because it will stop you from growing, right? There are things in your life that if you have those things, if you allow those things to, to be a part of you, then that will hinder you from growing in Christ. Now that you have tasted the Lord's kindness, is the way we'll end here. So a taste leaves you wanting, a taste leaves you wanting more. And I, and I pray, I hope that you guys have tasted. If you haven't tasted before, that maybe this morning you've tasted that, that God is interesting. Right? That His Word isn't just a one-time read and you got it. That when you, when you really taste and see God, it's not just, it's not just figuring out that um, that's a good option, but that it is, um, he is, as it says in, in Acts, that he is the author of life, and he can explain it, he can give you new life. So three, three questions to, to end us here. The first is, have, have you been born again? Um, as Jesus sat down with Nicodemus, he says, that, that's your need. You, you have the need to start again for your, your life, your old life, your, your life of sin to be buried with Christ and to be raised with him to a new life. The second is, are you developing? And the third question is, how do you plan on developing from here? Do you have a plan? If you don't, you won't develop. Your plan could just be, I'm just going to go home today and I'm just going to cry out for nourishment. I'm just going to seek the Lord that he can be found by me. I, I'm, I'm going to set myself to do that. Do you have a plan on developing? If, if you're someone who's already walking with God, but you, you want to be someone who teaches, talk to us. We're, we're talking. At this, um, it's in the works that this... August, I'll be more full-time working with just the church because we love you guys. And, and we really want the church to be something that's growing strong and that people are being discipled and leadership's getting raised up, right? That you guys are able to teach and, and, and really grow. Because um, that, that is what it means to be a Christian, is to be a disciple of, of Jesus Christ, active participant in his life. Um, so I encourage you guys from this, ask yourself those two questions. Have I really been born? <laughs> right? That I'm, I'm seeking, I'm finding my new life in Him. Um, am I developing and how am I going to develop even further? And if you have questions about any of those things, talk to us about it. Um, and if you're holding one of the beautiful little babies in the room, think about how you are. <laughs> like a little baby needing the nourishment that comes from the pure spiritual word of God. So pray with me and then we'll sing together. Oh God, you are you are so kind in the way that you um, you speak to us both as children and you're calling us to be raised up um, to be strong and courageous and we are all, God, we're learning. We're learning as a church to be able to, to talk to each other um, about you. And I pray that you will just, you will pour your spirit on your people here, that we'll be able to, to be a part of the life 
and the encouragement and the growth of, of everyone else here. We're needy of that, God, and we just cry out for you to fill our every need in that way. And we pray now that you'll just open up our hearts to be able to worship you as you so deserve. We praise the name of Jesus. Amen.